0: Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, lovely people. This is Marie Alessi with yet another up spiral grief interview and today I've got the pleasure of introducing you to Laura Caswell. I've been really looking forward to this interview because I found Laura on Instagram and Laura is in a very very similar if not to say the same field like we play in here and I love your positive attitude so much that I said I need to bring you to my audience. I need to have this conversation with you. So without further ado, thank you so much for being here, Laura. Would you do us the honor to introduce yourself to the audience, please?
1: Yes. Thanks so much, Marie. And thank you all for tuning in. So excited to be here and talk about everyone's, not everyone's favorite topic, but mm. definitely a topic that we can do a better job of talking about and getting comfortable with. Yeah. So a little bit about sure. me and my backstory. It's, yeah, it's definitely it's interesting when you are stepping into the space, it can be almost intimidating of how to even start the conversation. So it's so Mm -hmm. exciting to be part of this group where you're having these conversations and talking about grief and loss. You know, it is something that every single person will be impacted by. So a little introduction about me. I personally experienced the loss of my mother and my brother at a young age Mm -hmm. and have seen how different grief processes can be very different. The loss of my brother was very different than the loss of my mother. And I quickly realized that there is just not enough resources out there to help us through this Mm -hmm. process. It's something that completely shakes every part of our life, right? It's not just like one or two parts of our life. It's something that really impacts us. And Mm. so the more we can really start to hone in on what it is that's driving some of the different changes in our life and why we might be feeling or experiencing grief in different ways, Mm. the sooner we can get even better at getting to know ourselves and reconnecting with our loved ones. So I work one-on-one with clients and also do all sorts of fun stuff, talking about grief and loss, because it's something I'm so passionate about and love Mm. talking about. So I'm so excited to be here today and that
0: with all of you yeah yeah thank you so much we definitely delve a little bit deeper into that because everything you just wrapped up so nicely it's all like oh my god oh my god yeah it's it really speaks to my heart and uh you and I connected before we went live here and I heard your entire story and I was so inspired by how you came through it because what you said at the beginning is this whole we do not talk about grief and loss enough and um uh, it's really interesting to say that because we're live streaming into a group of 3,500 people now where we constantly talk about grief and loss and where it is this yeah. ongoing topic. Yet, you know, as, as the title of our movement here suggests the loving life after loss, we also talk a lot about the loving life part, the healing. And this, in my opinion, is even less talked about than grief and loss. And I think this is so, so important. And when I connected with you, um, This is what really stood out for me that you you do have that on your heart as well. That come on, you know, life is there for the living, life is there for loving it, and we can do this despite the grief experience that we have. So, with that being said, Laura, can you share a little bit more about your story? You just gave us the wrap-up, the nutshell, you know, you lost your brother and your mother, and it's just something where I'm like. Can you give us a little bit more detail around that? Because that, you know, in itself said in one sentence is such a huge life experience per se. And you had two of them in a rather short time frame. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. So I'll dive right into that. You know, happy to talk about uh, what loss has looked like for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first time I really experienced loss was when I first started to process some of my brother's health complications. And I think I note that because, anticipatory grief is also real. So even before we experience loss, we can start that grieving process. And so I just want to call that out because I think it's really important to acknowledge that sometimes our grief starts sooner than we even realize. And I had no idea. I didn't even know really Mm. what grief was. I thought I had figured it out. I thought you attend the funeral service and you you're fine, right? Like you're you're pretty much you wrap up some things and you move on. That's how I had always witnessed it. And so when my brother was facing really serious health complications, and then unexpectedly his passing at the age of 23, it was really, really heavy for my family Mm -hmm. and for me as well. And so I took on this role of I'm going to be strong, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to really help my other family and friends through this process. And that's that's what I'm going to do. And in the meantime. You know, so I just all, one second. Oh
0: yeah. How old yeah. were you when your brother passed? Because we so often talk oh, about yeah. the age of the loved one who yeah. passed. But we don't really mention where we were at in that journey. So that yeah. would probably help people as well to understand.
1: Absolutely. So my brother and I were 13 months apart. We were very mm, close. Wow. So Mm. I was 22, he was 23, Mm. and I was just finishing up my undergraduate studies in public health and wanted to help serve people in their process of finding resources within Mm. um, their communities and health systems. And so that was Mm -hmm. something I was really passionate about because as my brother's illness had kind of picked up, I realized how challenging it is to also navigate healthcare systems and navigate getting right levels of care and knowing what questions to ask right so I became very passionate about that
0: yeah is it fair to say that your brother's condition has actually inspired your career path
1: 100 100 and growing up you know his health complications started actually at a pretty young age but no one really knew what was causing some of his health complications on the outside he looked like a normal, healthy, happy guy. Mm. And on the inside, some of his um, internal issues were really hard to diagnose. And actually he did Mm. not get diagnosed until he was um, 20 years old. So only a few years before he passed. And so it was really surprising to go through this journey and to experience it alongside him of just trying to understand what are all of these complications? Why is this happening, Mm. right? And trying to navigate that with him and our family. And, um, as I mentioned, 13 months apart, we were very close. We did pretty much mm-hmm. everything together and, yeah. um, you know, our parents separated at a young age. So it was him and I always mm-hmm. going from mom or dad's house. And, you know, we were always yeah. beeping around. So we yeah. were really two peas in a pod. And mm-hmm. so, um, when he got very sick, we had like one month that he was very ill, again, not knowing that this would be the last month. And I would say that's really when the grief process started to kick in yeah. and didn't know what to do or how to even talk to him during this process or how to start digging into this process after he passed.
0: Mm. And
1: so I put on this brave face of I'm going to be tough and strong. And I had tucked my grief away in a nice little mm. shoebox with a nice little yeah. bow on it. And tucked mm. it into the back of my closet and yep. said what I heard was put your head down get back to work you've got to finish you know your studies and um, just ran with that idea for years yeah. and I started to see how other coping mechanisms started to show up in my life where I would mm. actively avoid my grief where I had to distract mm-hmm. myself keep mm-hmm. myself busy binge watch mm. Netflix shows mm. Um, and at that time, I was at college, so going out and drinking was really common too. So really was mm. channeling my grief and unhealthy coping mechanisms that progressed yeah. for a few years, and not even knowing it was really grief mm. that was underneath all of those layers, right? Yeah. I thought, oh, I'm being strong, I'm being tough, you know, mm-hmm. I've, 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 I'm got this on. Thing. I've got the got yeah, yeah, I'm moving exactly. on. I've got mm-hmm. it all figured out. And a few years later, my mom, at the age of 49, at this point, I was. Um, 26, and she Mm -hmm. was 49 and had passed really unexpectedly and also came as a big shock to not just me, but our family. And I thought, oh, you know what? I've got this grief thing figured out. I've done this before. Mm -hmm. I kind of know what to expect. And what that process looks like was very different than the process with my brother. It Mm. became so challenging to manage. There was no longer this, I'm going to be strong and I can just put my head down and get back Mm. to work. All of the grief that I had not dealt with with my brother came rushing back. So I had layers of grief just showing up and Mm. I had no idea what to do. And it started impacting my life in a lot of different ways. I was Mm very into my early career working for a hospital system and was challenging even to wake up and go to work. I was not seeing my friends. And, um, at the time, my boyfriend, who's now my husband was, you know, arguing regularly, which is not something we had normally done. And I was Mm. doing these outbursts of, I didn't even know that I had needs with, for my grief that I wasn't Mm. taking care of. I thought, Oh, yeah. well, I figured this grief thing out before. Oh, I just have yeah. to keep working and keep going and it'll be yeah. fine. But I was trying to hold all these pieces together and it wasn't yeah. working anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I really, I really want to highlight two things that you said here that really stood out for me. And I think that you and I, Laura, because we work in this space on a daily basis, sometimes we, we come up with things, and, and you just came out with a couple of golden nuggets that are so normal for us because we talk about it all the time. But I really want to highlight this here. One of the things that you said uh, was, "I had no idea what to do with that," and I think I really want to highlight that because there are so many people out there who feel like I should know what to do with this. I should know, you know, how to act, how to, I've, you know, as you said, I've done this before, I figured this out, no. We are actually not really taught in a really beautiful and healthy way how to handle grief. Society gives us a lot of suggestions that are very unhealthy okay. and not helping us heal in any way. Uh, so there, all this what you said, you know, the putting it in a little box and putting a ribbon on it and tacking it away nicely for whenever. Um, and that leads me to the second thing that you said, you know, the the whenever. Very often. And I actually dare to say always, when we don't deal with an emotion and in particular an emotion as deep as grief, it does come back when something re-triggers it. And often that can be another adversity in life. And adversity really does trigger and re-trigger emotions we haven't dealt with. And I'm absolutely certain that you would agree with that. I often see that, at the retreats that we run, when we talk about adversity, when we talk about grief, when we talk about emotions, when people come up with this, oh, um, and then there are these childhood triggers that come up, unhealed childhood stuff, you know. So it's not always, um, you know, another grief story. Sometimes it's like I remember a lady saying, I'm still angry at my husband for leaving me. And I'm like, your husband didn't leave you, he died. A different, different intention here, very different intention, same outcome maybe, but different intention. He's not with you anymore is the outcome, you know, but he didn't leave you, he died. And then we looked mm-hmm. into that and then often you find an abandonment issue that, you know, somewhere where somebody has been left behind by parents, by whatever. So how, I want to bring this back to you, Laura. This is your story, but I really wanted to highlight that. that we don't know what to do with it. We don't know. So this is why people like you are here, you know, people like me, people that are here to help, hold space, and guide you, and share tools, and you do that so nicely. So I definitely want to talk about that as well in a minute. But the the whole, if you don't deal with it, it will come back to you. So back to your story, when you had all these layers coming back to you, where you're like, "Whoa, hold on," you know, there's all these this avalanche of emotion coming towards you. Where at what stage did you realize in your journey that this is old grief? It's almost weird to call it old because it hasn't been that old. You know, it's only been like six yeah. years between your your brothers and your mom's passing. But this previous grief, let's go with that, had not been mm-hmm. dealt with. At what stage did you actually recognize mm-hmm. that consciously? Because often we are so in doing, feeling, acting, reacting mode where did that absolutely. understanding kick in for you
1: absolutely and I think it's such a good point we go into this fight or flight type of mode mm. right mm. where we're just being reactive or maybe mm. we're frozen and for me I was kind of in both of flight and flight
0: mm. so
1: I just say flight and flight you know what yeah. I mean <laughs> I flight it, and freeze yeah. yeah. mode of mm. where I was so stuck I just felt so stuck and then I would go into these flight modes where I felt like I needed to do something or it would just outburst in different ways. And the Mm. way that it was outbursting for me was for some of the people closest to me. You know, I was really struggling, but I was, I was fine. I just kept saying, Mm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm. I've got this. Remember, I've got this whole grief thing figured out. I've done this before. And next thing I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah I right. Know.
0: <laughs> next, yeah. next
1: thing you know, I'm in the middle of a, an argument with somebody very close to me that I love. And mm. they just stopped the conversation and they said, I love you. And I mm. think a, a lot of this that, that's coming out ha- has nothing to do with what we're arguing about right now. Mm. I think there's a lot more going on with you and I care about you. And I I hope that you can maybe get some help from outside sources not Mm. me because I cannot do this for you and I respect them so much for saying I can't be that I can't hold that space for you but I want to help you find that space and that was such a powerful moment
0: incredible yeah
1: it's so incredible that that I had this person in my life and they were able to say that to me because Mm. I was at first first, like defensive like this has nothing to do with my grief I'm arguing with you I'm upset my needs yeah. aren't being met when really it was me not addressing my own needs. At mm-hmm. the time, it was just coming out as outbursts in different ways where I would just break down in crying sessions alone. Mm-hmm. And I felt so stuck of just, I mm-hmm. don't even know what to do. And I just went through the motions mm-hmm. every day. Okay. I have to get out of bed. I have to wash mm-hmm. my face. I have to put on my work clothes. I have to go to work. I have to come home and just to this routine that really Mm. wasn't working anymore but I just kept trying right and so I was like stuck in this
0: cycle of trying to fit back into somebody
1: who you were not anymore
0: yeah
1: yeah trying to fit back into who someone I was wasn't anymore Mm. I was having these outbursts because I was not understanding what was happening to me internally and it was getting reflected back to me to people closest to me Mm. saying we need to figure this out that's beautiful right
0: that is so, so beautiful. beautiful because that's so beautiful. Yeah. Very valuable. Mm.
1: So valuable. And so mm. that's where I really started. I would say started my healing journey mm. and I booked a session with a therapist. I canceled it probably three times before I actually went. <laughs> 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 Cause I kept thinking I'm fine. I don't really yeah. need this. Mm. And so I showed up to the therapist's office and I'll never forget. I, I, walked into her door and she brought me into her room and I sat up on the couch and I didn't even say anything I just started crying and it yeah. was like just downpour and I was like I don't even know why I'm crying right now and it was just because I had that space it
0: yeah. wasn't
1: necessarily about the person
0: or what that, we were going to talk about that yeah. yeah this is this is, this is again space. highlighting here the magic of holding space you know when you are sitting in that space that somebody holds so strongly for you incredible mm.
1: it was an absolutely incredible and um I did therapy for a little bit and I found some good tools but I would mm. often leave sessions feeling a little bit more lost and honestly a little mm. bit more confused yeah and you know I, I thought every time I would leave a session I'm like oh now I have to hold on and wait for our next session to know mm. what to do next and I just felt Like I wasn't getting everything I needed. It was really helpful to look at the past and Mm. digest that. And um, I also attended some group support, which I found Mm. so valuable to connect with Mm. others, just like we are right now to just hear and know, okay, I'm not alone. This Mm. is really real. And my grief is that it helps validate like what I'm experiencing is really real and that this Mm. is affecting. And this is like something we need to sit with for a little bit and unpack in different ways. And then I came across a grief coach and started working with her and it completely changed my life. Mm. We started really breaking down layers that I had built for so long in grief. And I always describe it as like one big onion and Mm. our grief is like an onion. And so once we start to understand some of the layers, you know, why is grief showing up for me in this particular way? You know, why Mm. am I really angry? Why am I guilty? Why am I feeling guilt? Why Mm -hmm. am I feeling, you know, you're getting curious about what it is that's showing up for you in your grief process. That was when the magic started to happen for me. And Mm -hmm. I'm forever grateful for getting that kind of support and understanding, not just the grief, but it helped me understand me and reconnect with me and my loved ones in a way that felt so powerful and meaningful and things I still use to this day, right we are now um it's been nine years since my brother has passed and about five Mm. years since my mom had passed and these are tools i still use every single day almost wow
0: so they're so powerful yeah yeah, i i hear you it's incredible when you have tools that you can use on a daily basis and don't have to wait from therapy session to therapy session uh coming back to that though to wrap this up Uh, what would you say, if you can pinpoint it, are the main differences for you between the grief coaching and the therapy from the receiving end, not from the giving, but from the receiving end? Because I know that you uh, moved into that space now, but when you think back of when you were sitting in those sessions, what was the difference for you, the main differences that really made it worthwhile where you're like, wow, this is what I needed?
1: Yeah, Um, so for my experience, the therapist I was working with had never experienced grief herself. And Mm. I think it was a challenge to connect and explain uh, when I would have outbursts or have specific things I wanted to talk about that were really much more like the loss specific. Mm. I just felt like it was challenging to connect and really understand. I tried a couple of other therapists too and I thought it was really helpful Each one brought different value and had different Mm -hmm. perspectives, which I thought was so great. But the biggest thing was walking out of those sessions and feeling even more lost and a little bit more confused. Mm -hmm. And then I'd just be waiting for the next session, kind of unclear on what to do. Some of them would do some level of homework. But for me, I'm a person that works really good with frameworks and tools and a little bit of homework. I'm not saying like, let's do a whole project. Mm -hmm overnight yeah, get type of homework, right? <laughs> like like but like really I needed tangible steps um that helped me see the line of sight of where I was where I could go, right? And how I could mm. apply different pieces of framework mm. to my current journey. And that's mm. where I saw the most benefit from working with a group coach on the receiving end. She gave me a very specific framework that I worked through. So you know we had Three different phases that we worked through, and that I do is my practice now, but it's like really bringing awareness Mm. and not being self judgmental for how you're feeling. I think that that's so huge and being able Mm. to get, you know, confident like, okay, I'm I'm taking the right action steps. You know, sometimes Mm. I think when we're in our grief, too, we can think, am I going crazy? Is this Mm. normal? Is this Mm. actually like, and it's like validating and having that awareness and starting to gain that awareness. And then the phase Mm. two is really peeling back those layers that I was talking about, really understanding why different parts of grief are showing up for you. So then you Mm. go, oh, that's why I'm feeling guilty. And then Mm. we start to understand it and start to um, find ways that we can move forward with Mm. what's showing up for us in our grief. And that's really like phase three, where you start to make your plan as you move forward. Because we know grief does not end. It's a really love for our people. And it's just how we start to carry that differently. And so mm-hmm. when I went through this framework, it put into perspective, okay, this is where I'm going. And these are the action steps that are gonna help me. And it helps bring a lot of peace to this process for me mm-hmm. and just really know, this is what I can do today. And this is what I can do tomorrow. And this is what's coming down the pipeline in a couple of weeks. And eventually mm-hmm. I'm gonna get to this place And it was just very much more tangible for me.
0: So I think that's a good point, the the tangible. Yeah, the personal experience. It's really interesting that you brought that up because after Rob passed, I saw a positive psychologist and I, I have often shared this story where. I was so relieved when I met her. She was incredible. And then uh, the second session had to be postponed. And I I remember that feeling of, no, I just started this. I really need somebody to talk to. And then I found out that her mum had passed away. And that was the reason why she had to postpone the session. And it was such a deep and beautiful journey that we went together. I kind of felt like... um, I know I'm speaking sort of a little bit for her here as well, but I I really felt like that we were sent to each other at that unfortunately very perfect moment, you know, and it was just so bizarre that she was the one sent to me and she so got it and for her it was so fresh and bringing that personal experience with her amazing background into each session And she was a positive psychologist, not a grief coach. But, you know, with that combination, it was incredible. And I cannot emphasize that enough, the difference it makes when somebody has actually experienced it or learned the theory and the practices of it. I don't want to diminish it. There's definitely a need for that. There's definitely a place for therapy, for psychotherapists, for, I wanted to bring physiotherapists in there, but you know what I mean, for all different, (laughs) yeah, of of therapies and counselling, there is definitely a space for that, yeah, I know what you're talking about, when you say there is a difference, when people have actually experienced grief, it makes it so very different in the way we work with each other, a, a very super quick side story yeah. I remember yeah. I did hypnobirthing classes with my first pregnancy oh, wow. and I remember saying to Rob I don't know what it is there's something that just that's missing for me there's something that doesn't let me connect with her like she did a great job in teaching me all yeah. the things and I I applied it all and it was amazing and then in the last session it clicked and I'm like do you actually have kids and she's like no and I'm like That's what it is. She's teaching me something and she's Mm -hmm. never in her life given birth. And I'm like, how, you know, how on earth? And why would you even, a completely different story and I don't want to go into detail. Yeah. But I could sense it and I couldn't put my finger to it. I didn't know what it was until I asked her that. I said, do you actually have kids on your own? And she said, no, I never had kids. And I'm like, wow. And I didn't say anything. I did not want her to feel like I'm judging her for not having kids or anything, but I could feel Mm -hmm. The difference when you work with them yeah. like there's something missing some connection piece and yeah. having had the same experience even though each grief is so unique but having gone through it yourself you speak a different language you don't need to explain certain things you get it with a few words or sometimes even just the body language or the emotion that you get from people yeah, you pick up there. It's just it's just magical when you work with it people when you actually feel where they're at rather than knowing yeah. where they're at. Yeah. Yes.
1: and we can think all day, and I respect mm-hmm. the folks that step into grief space that have personally never experienced loss themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, amazing, amazing, phenomenal work that's done. but yeah. I always encourage folks to really feel it out for you if you're not feeling that yeah. connection.
0: You know, exactly. there are,
1: there are yeah. so many folks out there that you can find resources. Yeah. I know it takes a little bit of hunting, but you can yeah. find it. I'll, I'll, I'll add on to this too. It's actually funny. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this over the weekend. I ran into old friends that were close to me in college mm-hmm. and they had seen my experience with loss with my brother. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, none of them had really experienced loss. And they Mm -hmm. had tried their best to support me in that time and space. And one experience lost recently and they uh, came up to me this weekend and they said, I'm, I had no idea. I had no idea.
0: Uh, And
1: it's just, you, you, she's like, I thought I knew, but Mm. I had no idea. And she's a couple months into her grief.
0: Mm. And
1: it's, I was just there to listen, but it's so surprising when you don't experience it It it's different Mm. you know and it's wild that we're here connecting because of love yeah like I know and it's it's beautiful
0: I think it's so beautiful that through something so deep and really heart-wrenching actually uh that there is such beautiful connections that come out of it and I love that you say that that I had no idea as soon as you said that I had goosebumps all all over my shoulders coming down, all my arms. It's like, I felt it. I felt it what you said. And that goes the same for parenting, for birthing, for death, for anything. You know, I remember having epiphanies about my mom when she was like, you know, when you're a teenager and your mom says something like, I know mom. And you get the eye roll and you think, you know, but you don't until you have kids. And then you're like, Oh, you know, you have these moments of, you know, and with birthing, with death, with anything, once you there there is a difference if you learn about something or if you experience it. Experience learning always, there's so much more depth to it. There's so much more connection. And at the end of the day, what you said, Laura, it really comes back to find that connection. Find that connection. It doesn't matter. Don't go overanalyze have they or have they not, experience loss or not, have they this training or that training find that connection. Once you feel that connection, you're in the right place. And I think that's the main thing. And coming back to resources, uh, anybody watching this right now, I'm actually going to already ask Laura if she would want to have a little intro for our resource corner. So you'll definitely find her in there as well and we'll be cross-linking all of that so you can find her. So with that being said, how can people find you? Maybe just share a little bit about that, how people can connect with you because, yeah.
1: Absolutely. You can usually find me on Instagram at Mm -hmm. Laura Caspo, so K A S P O, or you can Mm -hmm. visit my website, lauracaspo.com. That's usually where you can find me. I'm usually on Instagram, so feel free to send me a DM too. I'm here to chat all things grief and loss. I'm here for it. It's our favorite topic, Marie, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am so grateful that we connected. And I know this is not just a connection for today, I know this will continue. I'm absolutely so happy that you know we have shared our stories that we connected on this level and um with that being said laura i would love for you if you want to wrap this uh, up today with what is it that there's left for you to say where you're like you know what if there's that one thing that you took away from our conversation today i want it to be that
1: <laughs> yes one and I, we didn't even i was gonna say this marie yeah it is something that grief is not something that we're taught. We talked about this, right? And it's mm-hmm. not something that were really shown like a clear path, right? I would yeah. say like, we don't have a grief first aid kit out there, mm-hmm. but we're taught how to dial nine We're taught mm-hmm. that if you have a broken bone, you're going to go yeah. to the hospital and grief is valid. You know, mm-hmm. if you broke your bone today, right? You yeah. would go get services. You would get um ways to look at that and you would get a treatment plan and you would follow mm. that treatment plan maybe you would do some physical therapy right yeah. and maybe it takes a little bit of rehab but you know that clear path of of plan for you yeah. and grief can be similar too so don't feel like you have to have like a very you have to be in the trenches deep mm. in your grief like yeah. unable to function to get help or to reach yeah. out you know honestly It is something that I thought, you know, well, I'm fine. I just a couple of things Mm. here and there. I can totally manage this. And it Mm. wasn't until it came kind of crumbling down a little bit further that I actually got the help I needed. So just want to emphasize that your grief is valid and that you can absolutely get resources. There are free resources out there too. And know that you have Marie and I to chat. If you ever want to connect, you know where to Mm. find us. Um, I do have a free resource for groups that we'll be sharing as Marie mentioned, but just in case you're interested, I do have a fourth step method that I walk through with my clients that really helps you put into action today to bring that Mm -hmm. awareness to peel, start peeling back those layers that I was talking about. So if you're wondering or you're curious, I don't know if my grief is affecting me in different ways. This is a way that you can start to dig into that and really Mm -hmm. uh, work a method on your own and see how it feels for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that you have that and as Laura said we will be sharing the links in the comments below so you'll find them underneath the interview and you'll also find Laura in the resource corner after today not right now okay so just give us a second to record it and upload it so she'll be in there soon and uh, Laura thank you so much for being here thank you for sharing your story and even more so. Thank you for everything you do because the work that you do is so incredibly soothing and healing and important. And we need a lot more of that in this world. So, thank you for being that shining light. It's so beautiful to have you here.
1: Thanks, Marie. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me
0: here. Thank you so much. This is Laura and Marie signing up, signing off, signing up. You can sign up and talk (laughs) to us. Thank you so much for being here. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about loving life after loss, please visit marielessi.com. I shall see you next week. Bye.